Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. And today's show, I would like to welcome our special guest, David Holtgravy with Heart of Missouri United Way. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we appreciate you. Thank you for being on today's topic. uh, We're going to be talking a lot about this idea of corporate social responsibility. Um, And in your line of work, that's very important uh, for our community as a whole. And so tell me a little bit about what you do at Heart of Missouri United Way. Sure. So for almost 20 years now, I've been the campaign director for United Way, which means that uh, I work very closely. We usually have uh, what we call community campaign chairs that uh, each year there's a different individual or a couple that leads the community campaign to raise funds for United Way and our agencies. And I work very closely with them on kind of developing the plan annually for the campaign. Uh, recruiting volunteers, uh, interacting with companies and organizations uh, about running employee campaigns within their companies, and then ultimately making uh, some of the ask in that for people to support United Way. Okay. And, And in what ways does United Way impact our local communities? Well, last year we served more than 50,000 people, or I should say we we fund agencies. We fund 29 local agencies that do the direct services with individuals in need. And last year, because of the funding that we provided these agencies, uh, more than 50,000 people were served to meet their particular need. That's incredible. And I'm assuming then that the needs just kind of range from um, housing or uh, tell me about some of them. Yeah. And the United Way is focused on health and human services as the agencies that we fund and especially education, health and financial stability. So whether it's a person that's having uh, trouble making their rent payment or whether uh, they can't for some reason, pay their utilities, or if it is a child that, uh, you know, um, maybe their parents uh, work uh, jobs where when the child would normally come home from school alone, uh, we provide funding to agencies for after school programs and weekend programs and summer programs. And then also uh, people in the health end of things, you know, uh, we try to connect uh, people to uh, United Way funded agencies that are pr- providing health related services. And all of our services are on what's called a sliding fee scale, meaning if a family has the means to pay for it, they do. But otherwise, it goes anywhere down to, you know, it's free. As an example, our early learning centers that we fund, 95% of the kids there are on full what we would call United Way scholarships. Wow, what an incredible reach and, and what an, an powerful movement within our community. That That's so great. I'm, I'm curious, how did you get involved in this line of work? What drew you to United Way? Well, it was not initially what my career was. I went to school for uh, marketing with a retail merchandising specialty and worked for 18 years for JCPenney and management and that. And uh, 
promoted in different various things to seven different stores. But in five of those stores, uh, I was what we call the employee campaign coordinator for the United Way campaign. So that was my first taste of it. And I'll be honest, first year I was voluntold to do it, you know. <laughs> but once you start to meet the agencies and see the work that they do, then it becomes a passion in that. And particularly when I moved to this community, Cindy Mustard, who used to run Voluntary Action Center, uh, just swung by and picked me up one day and took me to a number of the United Way agencies. And uh, when you see the commitment of the employees at these agencies uh, to provide services to people in need, uh, you just want to be a part of it. So um, I'll be honest, my job with uh, JCPenney, uh, that position was eliminated in uh, 998 stores all in one day. So oh my. So um, I actually started work for another company, but my uh, boss that was at this JCPenney store in Columbia, he happened to be on the United Way board of directors here, and this position became available. And he said, David, I think you would be perfect for this. So that's kind of the way it came about. Okay. Now, how many years have you been with United Way? Uh, be 20 years in April, 2022. Oh my goodness. Congratulations, David. Oh, Thank what, you. what a beautiful career. Um, you know, when I think about this and I think about your role in the, in directing all these, these different campaigns, I, I, I would imagine that there's an element of um, really good networking skills that are probably necessary. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the importance of networking and building relationships in your line of work? Yeah, I think it's critical because at the end of the day, United Way is just about trust, okay? If people are going to give money to us, they trust that we're going to do the right thing with it. So the more people you get to know and you interact with and that that trust just seems to multiply in that not only with that individual but uh, with others that they interact with and that and you know it gives you the opportunity to find out what their interest is and you know philanthropic interest is either that individual or the company themselves what's their mission what do they want to do for the community and then also you know if you're able to be involved in you know some clubs and different things like that um, it just it's all about people to people I think absolutely so when you think about that too, um, and you've mentioned some of the impact that you've you've seen firsthand, uh, but I always like to ask the question, you know. And I think about this in terms of, of us here at MTI too. But we we you know, what's your why? Why do you do what you do every single day? Is there something that particularly motivates you in in this area? Uh, definitely the agencies that we fund because I have seen the great work they they do and the dedication they have. Secondly, it's the volunteers. I work directly with about 125 volunteers on the campaign, and I'm just simply amazed at the amount of time and passion that they put in over and above their work that they do. And then at the end of the day, it's the individuals that uh, that are being served. You know, in my job, I don't interact with the, the individuals quite as much as our agencies do directly, but I've definitely met many of them. And I'll be honest, my very first presentation I did almost 20 years ago now for United Way was at a Walmart store. And I was talking to a group of employees there about United Way and our agencies. 
And as I was walking out, um, a woman, one of the employees at Walmart came running out after me and just tears in her eyes. And she said, I just want to thank you. And I want to thank True North, one of your agencies, because a year ago, her abusive husband came home with a weapon and threatened her and her mm. children. Oh, and, and she knew she needed to make a change. And she said, a year later, you know, I'm financially stable. My kids are doing well. And it's simply because of support of the United Way agencies uh, that I, I'm where I'm at today. So, you know, it was just my case, I feel it's a God thing. Just let me know that, David, this is work I have planned for you. And this is the people that you're going to be helping. Oh, what an incredible, incredible story. Thank you for sharing that, David. You give me goosebumps when you, no. as you shared that. That You know, it, it's moments like that that, that do remind us, again, why this whole uh, responsibility falls on not just the organization, but us as citizens within the community to, to really pour back. You know, but I do want to kind of transition gears a little bit because clearly we're seeing, you know, without the, the funding or the resources, we wouldn't be able to see these impactful stories like this. And I, I know that through some of the research that I was doing for this episode, um, we're really seeing kind of a shift in the workforce where, uh, I don't know if, if you're aware, but they're calling this the great resignation right now. A lot of people have transitioned out. Um, actually, 19 million people have left the workforce since April of 2020, which blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, people coming back in and, and looking for their mission, their their purpose, uh, that's really what they're focused on right now. They're looking for organizations that are committed to a shared purpose. And when I think about that, we're seeing a lot of this idea of, of corporate social responsibility. And so as we as we think about that, how important is that? How important is it for other organizations to, to join in these campaign efforts and to really support United Way in funding uh, the agencies that you all fund? Well, it's extremely important because, uh, you know, United Way, we receive no funding, government type of funding or anything. Everything that we provide to these 29 agencies is from individuals and companies and employees within our community. It truly could not, uh, many of these agencies would struggle to uh, stay open if there was not support from United Way. Some of them, you know, based on their missions do get some governmental funding, but many of the programs that they uh, conduct in that are strictly from support from the community in that. And, uh, you know, United Way has uh, been very unique over the years that we do do a lot of work with the companies and the employees within the companies uh, to raise the funds and that. You know, I think that uh, you are very much correct that uh, more and more uh, employees today want to work for companies or organizations that give back to their community. People like to know that they are making a difference. It's one thing they need to earn their paycheck in that, but if they can work for a company that is giving them greater purpose in their life and that that's where they want to be. Absolutely. And I'm seeing this shift, too, in that, um, you know, I, this isn't the corporate social responsibility element, not necessarily new. You know, I think that's been around for a long time. However, what I think a lot of people and what we're what research is suggesting now is that some of the these people who are coming back and looking for for different organizations to work for, they're looking for people who are genuine in that mission too, not people who just kind of 
say it, right? Who actually put behaviors behind those words, put things into motion. And so can you talk a little bit about um, the idea of kind of initiating that type of culture within um, an organization and the impact and the ripple effect maybe that that can have outward with uh, the employees and, and them in their personal lives too? Absolutely. No, I've definitely worked with uh, some CEOs and that that are very authentic and genuine, and they are the one that brings that uh, mission or culture to their company and that. But I've also seen it kind of grassroots come up from the employees and that saying, these are things that we are interested in and kind of encouraging the CEO or the leadership of the company to create opportunity for them to uh, support these organizations in one way or the other, whether that's with volunteer time or whether it's financially, whatever the case may be. I think at the end of the day, it's extremely important that the CEO is truly behind it, whether they are the one that initiated it or not. People still follow leaders in that. And when the leader is outwardly supportive of whatever that mission is, and they give time and potentially budget uh, to make it uh, possible, uh, then it becomes a great situation within that company. Absolutely. All the feels, right? Like I think when when we, we feel it, we believe it, we act on it, it is. And leaders go first. You're absolutely right. They model the behavior in which they expect of others. Um, so talk a little bit about that. You know, as you, if we're talking out here to, to leaders, um, supervisors, uh, managers within organizations, um, and we're trying to really sell them on this idea that we need to back some of this, this corporate social responsibility, start figuring out a plan for what that's going to look like. What are some of the benefits of giving back in this kind of way? Well, I think uh, internally, it's a much happier workforce and that, uh, you know, employees uh, just have a different spirit about it when they know that their company is giving back and authentically giving back in that. Um, and then I know I meet so many of the employees that work for those kind of companies that talk so highly of their company and that, that uh, you know, it creates that ripple effect, you think, I think, you know, other people in the community wanting to go work for that company and that. But I've also seen those companies traditionally are the ones that are thriving in their business mm -hmm. too. And that I, I cannot tell you how it happens, but people in the community know the companies that are giving back to the community in one way or the other. And that, and, you know, back in 2008, when the market dropped and uh, many of the companies or some companies were uh, going out of business on that, I saw kind of a consistent pattern of those that did not survive were ones that I had not seen any sign of them being community involved and have that mission of giving back to the community. Wow, that's interesting. That is incredibly interesting when you think about that. And, and again, going back to what we were talking about in this this great resignation time and people, you know, looking for organizations that are committed to those shared purposes. When you've seen some of those organizations, are there any type of... Um, I guess, certain obstacles that you see regularly, maybe that those organizations are facing that would prevent them from wanting to apply this social responsibility element? Well, I think time is the greatest thing almost, you know, that, uh, again, after 2008, it seemed like companies had to get much tighter and people have more responsibility, it seems like, than even 
back before then. So they're already asking their employees to do a lot. So this is over and above, whether it's volunteering or, and then also whether it's uh, giving money and that type of thing. So other than that, I honestly don't know what the obstacles would be. You know, right. I, I think it's a win-win for the company and the employees and the community when they are community engaged. Absolutely. Have you ever been a part of, um, and maybe not necessarily even with your career at United Way, but any other organizations that you had been a part of uh, that have sat down with the team and actually created like a strategic plan for corporate social responsibility? Is that as part of their strategic plan? Or are you familiar with any companies that have done that? I've been in, uh, had conversations with companies that were forming an internal employee committee that ah. was then going to look at uh, uh, things that their employees were kind of passionate about that they wanted to engage in going forward. So I wasn't there setting the strategic plan, but I was helping uh, kind of consult them, I guess you would say. Sure. How powerful is that when you bring together, say, say it is an organization that, that hasn't invested in that area as much and they're putting together this team. Uh, how important is it to have that buy-in from the, the employees themselves as opposed to just having the leader say, this is what we're going to do? Do you see that there's more commitment from the employees? Absolutely. I mean, especially if they do any type of survey or something like that of their employees of what they're interested in and, you know, can come up with uh, one to five different things, I guess you would say, that they're going to really get behind in that and then actually give the time or resources to actually be able to make it happen. Yeah, that's what we and I, I know we've we've chatted about this on some past episodes as well, is that, you know, those those who are involved in the process are are more committed to processes. And I think that this would be no different. Again, if if it's not something for our listeners out there, you know, that that your organization has really started, I think get that committee together of your team members and see where they're at, where their interests are. I have definitely seen a shift in uh company cultures moving towards those internal committees of, you know, five to 12 employees that kind of help to spearhead that culture and that philanthropic mission within their organizations, you know, and again, it gets back to, you've got to have that CEO behind it and truly authentic about it, but it's good to have the folks kind of in that uh, mid level of, uh, of the organization that, uh, are the ones kind of spearheading it to have the time to do it. And also often they are the ones that the other employees are a little bit closer to and have that natural trust of. And I think trust is, is a great element there. You know, when we talk about that, that's almost the foundation in some of these, these organizations as well is first and foremost, make sure you're, you got trust on your teams, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's been established. And then from there, um, certainly, you know, moving forward with creating some of these things. I, I wonder if there are organizations out there that may be listening or leaders who are listening who think when we talk about this idea of corporate social responsibility, uh, that it just means monetarily. But it doesn't just mean that, right, David? Definitely not. No. In our particular case, in our agencies and that, it means uh, volunteers. It means uh, board leadership. It means uh, special skills that your organization might have that can help that little agency that maybe has two to 10 employees and just doesn't have all the 
uh, particular skills that they need to do to run a highly efficient organization. What is the most creative, um, using that, that, last, that last idea there, what was maybe one of the most creative set of resources that you've seen a company give out to some of those agencies? Well, I'll speak of one internally for ourselves at United Way. A number of years ago, 3M stepped forward and uh, a couple of their process engineers developed a kind of a metric system that we could use to kind of evaluate our agencies and their programs and which ones were getting the biggest bang for the buck and actually making kind of long-term change in people's lives and that. And it has really helped our process of deciding which agencies to fund and how much to fund. And those process engineers just had a skill and knowledge that we just did not have. That's a great example. Um, again, something that I, I wouldn't have even have even thought about. But certainly, you know, having some of those talents and those strengths within different organizations and and honing in on those. You know, I think a lot of times people feel like you got to try and you talk about the time and you know being an issue for some of these organizations who may not be in there. And, um, and the skills is is another um, reason that a lot of people may not invest into this area. And so, yeah, I'd like to take care of each other and and partner with some of those ways. And one other one more recently, you know, with the COVID going on and people trying to make the decision, how should we use our staff now? You know, when do you need them back in the office? How much do they need to be back there in the office? What's okay for them to do, you know, remotely in that, that we've talked to a number of, uh, HR directors and at at some of the companies we partner with to kind of get the uh, how they're doing it in their company and that, um, you know, some of these companies are 50 employees, some of them are 1200. So you get those different kind of uh, viewpoints and strategies that they're doing to help guide your own decisions. Yeah, I think that we we have to get out of the mindset, you know, and I, I know that originally um, when I was thinking about this, I'm mentioning to you before we got started, this whole idea of, of giving and we see it a lot during the holidays, you know, but I really think and I would encourage our listeners out there, um, consider this well beyond the holidays, right? Um, think about this year round and some of those areas that you might be able to uh, to give back in, in the strengths that you have within the community. And then certainly if your organization hasn't set up a plan for this kind of giving back as an organization, maybe you spearhead that project too. Have you had any success stories like that that you could share with uh, people who have really just been go-getters and and pushed it up through leadership? Without a doubt, the last half dozen years, I've seen these committees, uh, a couple of employees come together and go to their CEOs and that and talk about this is something that's important to us and I think a lot of our employees and that. And so kind of spearheading that internally through their company and to the CEO. Now, would you say when people or organizations are looking at this idea, is it just kind of a one and done? Or is this a process as we consider our type of uh, how we want to give back and this uh, be socially responsible here? Should this be re- process be reevaluated on a regular basis? Absolutely. And I would say that if it's a company that hasn't engaged in it yet and is thinking uh, about doing so, you know, I think you do a little bit of research and uh, you kind of make your decision. Are we, we focus on big community issues? Are we 
focused on kind of a certain category of needs in our community or do is there one or two agencies that we just kind of personally have a passion for or whatever and whatever the committee or the CEO decides on that then almost do an interview of that uh, agency or organization or whatever to to see that kind of make sure your mission lines up with their mission and that and to see how you can help them because some agencies it might be the money some of them it might be the expertise we have what are called partner agencies too that we do not give any funding to but we provide some professional services to so it's not always the money they need sometimes it's just that expertise or a group of volunteers that they could use I love that to just go back and some of the, the great things that you've said here, I'll bring it all back together. I'm talking about assembling your team, right? So if you're looking to really start this process, assemble your team, maybe kind of figure out your current practices or in some cases lack thereof, um, and then really align some of those those ideas with your mission, vision, values within the organization. And then final step, do it, right? That's correct. <laughs> okay. And, and then stick with it. And, you know, uh, you you're looking at long term and I can just speak for our own agencies, you know, those companies that are in it with us for the long term that we can count on year after year. That is so important to these organizations. Absolutely. And so are there any type of particular partnerships that Heart of Missouri United Way really looks to have or is, is it just kind of, again, going back to the needs at the time? Well, I would always say that there's a seat at the table for everybody. So whether you're a small couple people company or if you're a Veterans United with 5,000 employees or whatever, you can do good in our community. Uh, whether that's through United Way or another organization, uh, just kind of do it. And you think about the future of United Way. What do you kind of envision moving forward? What are What is your, your hope as an organization or as a community in general? I always kind of say this and people kind of give me a look, but put ourselves out of business would be great to where there was not actually a need. Okay. Uh, but we know that there's probably always going to be a need. So as United Way, when people think of a need in the community, especially a major need in the community, United Way is the premier source to go to in that uh, and because we are knowledgeable of the needs. We work very closely with the city, the county, the university, many, many agencies. So to be that go-to source for what the need is and strategies to create change based on that particular issue or problem in our community. Just make it possible for everyone in our community to have opportunity to chase the dreams that they have and to knock down barriers that might be in their way. There's different barriers for different people, you know, in all the social economic levels. But if we're all in the same boat, rowing the same direction, everybody has an opportunity and we believe in each other, then you can have great change. Wow. I, you just got me fired up, David, I got to say. So um, you got to be a motivational coach here. <laughs> but I love you're absolutely right. You know, we got to all be in this together. And um, I love that analogy of all in the boat rowing the same way. I consider you a major leader in this effort here. And I'm just curious, uh, because we'll have a lot of leaders listening here to kind of end on a, a more personal note with this. What's maybe your biggest 
leadership lesson that you've learned along the way, um, either related to this particular topic or in general? Well, I read the Bible a lot and uh, I love Nehemiah. Uh, who was called to rebuild the city of Jerusalem when it was torn down. And he didn't just go in there, you know, doing things right off the bat. He went in and he surveyed what the need was, and he surveyed the people's hearts and where they were at. And then he set a plan with them, and he stayed with the plan, and he didn't listen to the criticism or anything. He knew what needed to be done, and he motivated the uh, rest of the community to be with him in that. So that's a part of where it comes from. And then just personally in my own careers, whether with Pennies or with United Way, it's that individual that has that steady hand as a leader that people know that they can count on, they can trust and is honest and has everyone's best interests in mind and that they listen to, uh, you know, not only their employees, but to whoever their customer or clients are too, and then makes thoughtful decisions in it. I'm a believer that, uh, you know, the body has many parts. We all have a different uh, gift or whatever, but collectively, if we're all working together, that's when you can do great things. And that's the kind of leaders that I see consistently have success. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, David. I really appreciate your time. This has been a great discussion. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And yes, if you're a company or uh, employees within a company that are thinking you want to go to the next step, don't hesitate to reach out to United Way or an agency that you have a particular passion about, because I guarantee you there's some way you can help them. Absolutely. So if they want to reach out to United Way, what is the best way to do that? Call our office at 443-4523 or go to our website, uwheartmo.org. Perfect. Well, David, thank you so much again for being with us on the Weekly Workplace. Everyone go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.